up, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of PogRx, the only show on the internet that makes you a better gamer, or claims to, you know, who's to say it's on the internet, you can read anything these days. I am your host, GamerDoc, and I am pumped to bring you another episode of this show. We are pretty deep into the series now, episode 17, hopefully... We've got some listeners who are tuning every week. We've got some people who might, this might be their first show because they're a fan of our guests. To all of you, welcome. You know, we're always looking for ideas or questions that you might have. So find me on Twitter, GamerDoc underscore, shoot me a message. Let's talk about it. We also have a little Discord server now. So um, if that's something that interests you, let me know on Twitter. Our guest today is Kelsey Moser. Kelsey is the education and competitive development lead at Evil Geniuses, which is kind of a big deal. Formerly was a coach at 100 Thieves, very involved in the league community, knows a lot about league, a lot more than I do. So pumped to talk to her. But before that, a new study came out. Oh my God, I love science. I love science. So a study came out of State Space. And if you don't know who State Space is, they are the people who bring you aim lab and state space looked at whether or not nootropics work yeah nootropics and if you if you don't aren't familiar with this it's basically a supplement that is supposed to improve your cognitive performance make you smarter right it's like limitless but hopefully real and there are some nootropics that currently exist. Caffeine. Caffeine has been shown to improve reaction time, uh, improve some sorts of working memory. So AMLAB was like, okay, do nootropics work? And what they did was they took caffeine and then they took these two other compounds. And I'm probably cr- pronouncing them wrong, but I don't care. Um, theocrine and methylberine, also known as diamine. diamine diamine which is much easier to say than the methyl one so we're calling diamine and theocrine so they basically said okay well what do we know about caffeine caffeine improves mental performance it makes your reaction time faster it improves mental performance or i'm sorry motor performance in inhibituated users right but what happens if you don't use caffeine you get jittery you get nervous or if you're like me and you're on your eighth cup and you're starting to feel a little off right so caffeine has that side effects so then they looked at these two other supplements, theocrine, oh my God, words are so hard. Uh, so in other studies that's been shown to decrease fatigue, they also kind of hypothesized that this drug, if taken in the same time as caffeine, would mitigate the, the negative side effects of caffeine. So remove the jitteriness and the anxiety that's associated with it. Um, you know, long-term effect of theocrine, one study showed it was safe after eight weeks of use. So take that however you want to and the other one dynamine there really isn't a lot of research on the long-term effects but it is hypothesized to have a synergistic relationship with caffeine so what the study said was okay if we throw all three of these pills together caffeine theocrine three and every time i say it, it's gonna be different dynamine let's put them in one pill and let's see if that's better than caffeine right let's see if those three things are better than caffeine And what I love about this study is they actually tested the compounds. So if you get a pill 
a nootropic, a supplement, a, a, a dietary supplement, whatever, that is not tested. That is not purified. We don't know what's in it, right? They independently tested this, which I really appreciate. Um, so they took nine people, which is a low number, but for these kinds of studies, we're in the early phases. Uh, recreational gamers, average age was 23 years old, um, and they gave them a placebo pill. So if for those of you who don't know the science behind placebo, it's, it's anytime you run a good study, you have to include placebo because if you're in my office and I'm wearing a white coat and you respect me as a doctor and I give you a pill and I say, this pill is going to make you better at gaming. This pill right here, it's going to make you faster, stronger. It's going to make you crush solo queue. Because of what I said, it doesn't matter if that pill contains sugar or rice flour, you are going to do better. That's placebo, right? So you always have to, whenever someone's taking a pill, you have to have a control. So they had a placebo group that had just a rice flour pill. And then they had one pill, one group that just got caffeine and the other group that got caffeine plus the two other compounds. And then they threw them into AIM lab and they said, do some aiming stuff. They did spider shot, trigger control, sphere track, and capacity. I've never played capacity before. I'm going to have to try it now. Here's what they found. Caffeine, as we know, has a positive effect in some places. It makes you faster. But when you get faster, you get less precise, right? So you are sacrificing precision to become faster. And it made people jittery. So they asked them, they literally asked them, do you feel jittery? And people who took caffeine had higher feelings of jitteriness. Is that a medical word? So then they looked at the compound group, the combined compound with all three of those groups. And they found that reaction time was better and you had better cognitive control. And the last one is players rated their overall gaming performance higher, which is interesting. Like, I don't, where does that come from? The effect of mood? I don't, I don't know. It's really cool. So basically they found that these three compounds together might have a synergistic effect and improve gaming performance, which is awesome. But you know what else is awesome? Aim Lab is now a metric of gaming performance. So if you have an idea and you're like, I bet if I warm up, it's going to make me better at gaming. Guess how you can test that? Aim Lab. If you have a product that you think is going to improve gaming performance, instead of just throwing it on your label and saying, these gummy bears are going to make your eyes see better and you're going to play better, test it. Use Aim Lab. It's so easy. They did it. So easy. Will I be going out and buying Theocrin and Dynamine? I don't know. I, I don't know if I can get any better at gaming, truthfully. Oh my god, that's such a good joke. I don't know. The, the, they tested their substances. Uh, I don't have, you know, fancy equipment at home to test the purity of my substances. And I haven't worked out in four days, so I should probably do that instead of take a pill. So there you go. PogRx. If you want to, or if you want to test the validity of your hypothesis, test it in AIM lab. And, you know, maybe not all nootropics are crap. There you go. I don't think I would ever say that before, but if AIM lab does something, I believe it. All right, y'all, that is it for the intro. In the line of AIM lab, this PogRx is one thing that you can do right now to make yourself a better gamer. So here it is. Are you playing on the right sensitivity? Unlike in-game settings and workouts, no one can tell you the best sensitivity. And it differs by person, mouse pad, game, phases of the moon, etc. 
with a higher sensitivity, you get faster movement with less motion, but you can see a decline in accuracy. With lower sensitivity, you might find yourself running out of mouse pad or not being able to track your enemies. When is the last time you checked on this? Try the online PSA calculator, perfect sensitivity approximation, or hop into a game of AimLab to check. To see if you're too high, open up a game of GridShot. Make one movement to the target and pause. If you've went too far, chances are your sensitivity is too high. To make sure it's not too low, open up a tracking task, like ArcTrack. If your cursor is constantly falling behind and you're not able to properly track, you might need to turn it up. So go find that sensitivity and then go crush some noobs. Fun fact, in the making of that PogRx, I actually realized that my sensitivity is way too high. So we're all learning something from this. Hopefully you guys are going to go in and adjust your sensitivity. It makes a huge difference. I can't move my mouse anymore, though. So there's that. All right. Our guest today is none other than Kelsey Moser. Kelsey is the competitive and education development lead at Evil Genius Wiz, formerly was the academy director and head coach at 100 Thieves. Also someone who, I mean, like I consider a friend. I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll see if she considers me a friend. But anyways, uh, let's, let's welcome our guest. Kelsey, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm doing great. Yeah, we just finished up League of Legends free agency. Great time to be part of EG's League of Legends team. I think we won the off season. You know, so yeah, definitely. Good stuff. I also agree that we won the off season because I'm including myself in the collective EG we. So I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, we basically signed you during the free agency period, <laughs> so you are included in the uh, off season. That's true. I mean, that is true. I love. I kind of love that. <laughs> So as we said in your intro, you are the uh, competitive and education development lead at Evil Geniuses. So you, in that role, what do you do to make video gamers better? Yeah, so I do externally facing curriculum, which is for camps and summits. So mm -hmm. that's for uh, collegiate students interested in the esports industry. And they might be, we've had people who are competitors who want to transition their careers when they graduate university and get a job. So they want to know what's available, what their options are yeah. and how they can start to get their foot in the door. And then of course uh, we have run camps that feature middle school and high school kids, basically trying to get them an experience of what's it like to have a day of esports training, as well as still give them some good life lessons and 
general things to improve them. We, we had you speak, I think, at all three of those <laughs> events. So there you go. We've, we've included that into the spiel as well. And then, of course, internally, what I do is I work on a lot of our processes. Mm. How do we make our development system better so that when we're promoting players internally from our academy, from our prodigies teams, they're ready to roll, they're good to go. And of course, working with coaches to get them up to speed with the experience that I have about what worked or didn't work. Sadly, as a coach, probably a lot of what I did didn't work and it was a learning experience. And so now I can impart their not that knowledge without them having to go through it themselves. So, Okay, I have like four questions from that one question, which I love, but I want to hit this first one first. <laughs> so what did you do as a novice, not novice, but a beginner coach that you look back on being like, that was not the right thing to do. Because I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast might be in the coaching setting. So learning from your, not necessarily mistakes, but obstacles you had to overcome might be like really helpful to them. I think just the, the most common one is no structure or no actual idea mm. of how to run a team. Uh, so that was something that I had to develop over time is, okay, how do you create good goals, right? How do you understand and diagnose what's actually going on with the team and then create curriculum, right? Yeah. Specifically for, I get so many novice coaches saying, but do players actually look at PowerPoints? And it's just, I guess I make them. So it's, it's if, if a player tells you, but this feels like school, it's great. You're supposed to learn at school. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping you're getting something from this. Uh, so it's definitely one of those. It's like, how can we teach information better as opposed to just having them practice, having them figure stuff out on their own? Because what, what am I there for, right? So yeah. I think having a clear plan that you set up at the start of the season is probably the biggest thing that you can do as a brand new coach. If you already know that, great. Refine your plan. Keep making it better. Start incorporating things like uh, nutrition, exercise, um, things outside of the game that make the team feel closer together, as well as understanding the structure of how you're going to deliver and teach your information. That's an interesting concept because if we look at coaches across the world, right, esports, traditional sports, professional coaches, chess coaches, very little of them are the best in their field. Like very little basketball coaches are the best basketball player that ever existed, right? Bill Belichick went to Division Three Wesleyan uh, for yeah, and rode rode the bench, and now he's arguably the best NFL coach in the in the world. And when we think about coaches in esports, sometimes the coaches tend to be former players or. Uh, you know, not not people with the same background that we see coaches in other areas of life. Um, and so I coach education is, is so important from every single aspect. Um, so that's really that's really interesting. What what kind of other curriculum or things have you noticed with early coaches that are some things that they can work on and improve? I think it's, there's a lot of don't do that, which I dislike. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I much prefer do this. Yes. I also feel like when you're saying don't do that, you're teaching the game that just ended and you're not, which they're not going to be in again, right? They're not going to be in that same game again, right? If you say don't do that in that time. I wrote that down. Of course not. We already figured that out, right? We already know that that resulted in disaster. But it was like, what was the decision-making process that led us to that point? 
And how do we teach them to think about that situation differently so that they're in not that exact same situation, but a situation that's similar, they understand the decision tree that allows them to make a better decision next time. Yeah, I, I love that. It's kind of similar, but a little bit different than what Coach Taylor says, which is success leaves clues. So if you, if you come to a certain outcome, examining your steps along the way to figure out what got you there, um, which is, and that kind of introspection also takes personal development as well, right? Like it's hard to do. Yep. When you're doing a VOD review and you see the mistake that your player makes, don't start the VOD review from that point. Go back at least two minutes mm. and talk about the process that led to that. Because the mistake was probably not actually that mistake. It was probably something that happened when they were coming out of base or they're respawning or whatever other esports terms you want to do. Because this is applicable on any game, right. not just league. So. Well, okay. So when you, and that is just a good little tidbit pearl right there is when you're doing, because if you ask a lot of great coaches, how do you run a VOD review? You get a lot of great answers and there isn't really an agreed upon protocol. And so like that little thing, like if you want to examine a mistake, go back and check that out first. That's such a good pearl. So smart. Um, Okay, so my fo another follow-up question is, you're talking about the development system in League of Legends, and a lot of people might not know what that is, right? Like, you know, so League of Legends has right. solo queue, ranked, you get to a certain ranked level, what, you just don't get plucked onto an LCS team? Is, like, so what are the steps? <laughs> like, how does that, the development system work for League? So, yeah, right now most of the scouting is done in, like, Grandmaster or Challenger, which are the top two ranks in solo queue. And now there exists the third tier yeah, system. Yeah, I saw which, they announced that. Uh, exactly. The third tier system exists. Uh, I was part of 100 Thieves when we launched the first third tier team in League of Legends 100X. Now I am on Evil Geniuses, the year that we came out with Prodigies, which is also a third tier team. We can kind of brand them however we want, as opposed to the Academy teams, which are the second tier teams, which are just all the Academy. But um, so the third tier teams, usually those are part time for kids who are still in school mm. or for, who have other commitments and are kind of figuring out if they want to go pro. Uh, very talented individuals, generally speaking, who need to work on a lot of things like life balance and maybe we're not ready to bring them in house and play them full time because they have to figure other stuff out. Right. And then, of course, Academy, they're all full time in L.A., just like the LCS team. They just play in a second division below them. So they get to play uh, two games per every time they play. So they get a little bit more reps in. And that's when you start to develop directly for LCS. And mm -hmm. we just promoted our mid laner officially from Academy to LCS this year, Jojo Pian. So um, then, you, then you make it to LCS, finally. <laughs> so you've been in the system, whether or not it was, you know, from EG or the Academy, uh, director and head coach at 100 Thieves. You've been in the system for a while. Are there any like qualities that are universally possessed in the people who successfully rise through these ranks? Is there stuff that you've seen that you look for or that you see that you just notice everyone has like um, like self-responsibility or, or something like that? Like what qualities take the good players and allow them to progress through those ranks or is there not any really? I think 
there's not a lot of consistency because mm-hmm. I think we're still working on that aspect right. of coaching, which is how do you coach qualities that get you to the next level consistently? Yeah. I think right now the players that succeed are having short-term success and then falling back down to academy and one thing and having to trial and error their way into that situation a lot of it is if you're really talented then we'll make the team function so that it supports you right because mm-hmm. a lot of these these brand new players what i've noticed for players like Spica on tsm for danny on eg is they get promoted surrounded by better players who kind of understand the situation and it isn't like the players like uh, Poom, who's getting another shot at LCS. Um, players like uh, Soligo, Fit God, like a lot of those players who got kind of uh, Palafox, uh, all of these players who got kind of promoted within rosters that were already flawed or mm-hmm. already failing. So they didn't have the opportunity for the veteran players to kind of fill in the gaps that they had because most of these rookie players, they only had to know how to win one way. Yeah. So they basically have to be put into an environment where they can do the one thing that they know how to do to win over and over and over again, and the rest of the team supports them. So I think that that's that's the the difficulty of it, is making sure that you have that environment to promote a rookie that will allow them to eventually learn the other stuff and get to a point where they're competing at an LCS level, because we can't... Right now, the academy system isn't at a point where we've created a good foundation or a strong foundation for players to learn that yeah. already. And that's such an interesting point. It goes back to what you were talking about, how you're having camps for middle school and high school kids. Like the esports mm-hmm. events at that level and esports teams at that level are very variable, right? So some middle schools might have a club, but most don't. Some high schools might have a club or a team. What kind of support are they giving? You know, is it run by a volunteer, by a kid or is it run by a teacher? Does the teacher have any idea what esports is? And so people are seeing esports in a different way in the amateur scene. And so when you finally show up to a team, you've gotten there by solo queuing and by grinding. And so you're like, this is the way in which I do things. But it's like, you know, I could take a toothpick and chip away at a marble statue and, and get the David eventually, or I could use the right tools, know how to use them, call a buddy who knows how to help and, and knock it out and do it the same way. Because like, once you get to that level, it's not it's not about staying good anymore. It's about getting better. And I, I think that what EG is doing, developing this amateur scene is going to help us with that problem as well. Of course. I'm not going to say something contrary to that. Uh, <laughs> I think it- and I think like, when I wanted to start the 100X program on 100 Thieves, the, the main motivation for me personally, and obviously other people on 100 Thieves had different motivations for, for also being invested, was when I got my first team that was four rookies and one like more experienced player in Academy, it's like, they just don't know so much, <laughs> you know? It's like, and they get usually get booted from the academy system after two years if they're not showing a higher level. And I think we we generally don't put our best coaches in academy now. Mm. Right? We put our best coaches in LCS because that's where they make money. Uh, and so it's just so uh, as a result, a lot of times you're thrown into an environment as a rookie player with a rookie coach, yeah. and then no one knows what they're doing. So how are you supposed to get through the system? in two years and be LCS ready with that kind of setup. Because that means like your first year is probably a wash, yeah. wash or at least half of your first year. And then uh, you have 
all, basically a year after that to kind of really figure it out as a group. And I think it, it's important to start working on good habits, good practices on your high school teams, on your middle school teams. Yeah. To already have the competitive mindset built in at a younger age, which is why uh, I thought a good way to do that was on the 100X program. But here at EG, I think, you know, we, we need to be bigger. We need to be broader and we need to start talking to to co- high school coaches, to people like that and see how we can help because I'm yeah. sure they can help us as well in terms of teaching us how to educate, how to, how to do a lot bunch of other things totally because a lot of those people are educators right so they're they're the educators turned learning about esports whereas in like the higher level esports coaches are esports players turned educators and so like there is that something that you can learn it's kind of like a competitive mindset it's like no matter who you're talking to who you're playing you can always learn something if we're talking to high school middle school coaches we can always learn something uh that's really interesting and it is hard because one of the th- reasons why curriculum and protocols can also be really important for an org is then you don't have that variability between your academy program and your LCS if they're all doing, if they have the same VOD review techniques or whatever, then you're, you're still getting the systems-based approach to things. My mind is spinning. Spinning, Kelsey. Great. <laughs> all right. So the, <laughs> so the name of the show is PogRx. Um, and, you know, this isn't medical advice. You're, you know... But if you were to take a prescription pad and write one thing on it to an aspiring pro player who really wants to be a full-time video gamer, make money, be on stage, win worlds for North America, what are you writing on that prescription pad? Turn your brain on. It's uh, it's really basic, but it's just you don't know how many challenger-level players I talked to in, in solo queues. So were you thinking when you did that? No. Approach so acute with it with a goal, like want to accomplish something, and make sure that when you're being very critical and thinking very actively, you're gonna feel tired. So you're not gonna overplay. You're gonna and you're going to improve faster. Yeah, turn your brain on. I love that. I love that. Um, well, Kelsey, your Twitter handle has been below you this whole time. Uh, but is there anything else? Any parting words you have, or anything you want to call attention to at all? play video games uh we we definitely need to expand the north american competitive player base Mm -hmm. so if you're if you love playing video games and you're thinking about going pro actually make a good try of it i'm not saying sabotage your life or anything but you know set aside some time make sure you're structuring make sure you're focused and and go for it love it all right well thank you for joining us keep kicking butt at eg and we will we will hopefully have you back soon Turn on your brain, ladies and gentlemen. Such such an easy concept, and a lot of these are easy concepts, but it's true. Like, are you actively learning? Are you actively learning or are you passively learning? Right? It's just like, if you want to learn something, you can read a book or you can do questions, right? And, and you need a little bit of background knowledge from the book, but true learning comes from active learning. So turn on your brain in all of your life, not just in gaming. That's it for our show. Hope you enjoyed it. I am your host, GamerDoc. Have a happy and a healthy week.